Happy autumn, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Angel Scrolls Project. I'm your host, Paul James Caden, and uh, we are in the midst here on the podcast of doing our spooky themes for the month of October. And this week, I've chosen a scary topic that I happen to be very interested in, and that is the 411 missing person cases. Uh, you know, these things are very mysterious. And uh, it doesn't get much more spooky than that, that there are people disappearing, you know, in national forests and parks and sometimes even right out of their own backyard uh, on ski resorts, you know, just random places around the world, people just disappearing, never to be seen again. And sometimes uh, their bodies are found miles away in very obscure places on the top of rugged mountain ranges uh, where, you know, certainly no, no child or older person could, you know, climb up there and uh, on their own and, and end up passing away. So something or someone is obviously taking them there. So very uh, mysterious circumstances when, uh, you know, the remains of the people are discovered. And sometimes they turn back up in a period of time, uh, like in the alien abduction scenario, you know, just naked in a daze, walking down a road, you know, in another state, you know, hundreds of miles away, uh, speculation, uh, speculations are many as to what's taking people, you know, is it some kind of unknown, unseen, invisible predator? Uh, if so, where is it from? What does it want? Why is it taking people? Is it just maniacal and, you know, mean and murderous? Is it, uh, some kind of uh, something like we would see in the Predator movie, some kind of hunter that's uh, taking people as a trophy, trophy, or, you know, are we on something's food chain that we don't know about? You know, we're lunch. Uh, what is it? Where does it come from? And uh, naturally, other people speculate that extraterrestrials are involved. This could be Aliens uh, taking people for whatever reason, experimentation or whatever uh, devious plan they might have for the human race or planet Earth. And, uh, you know, that brings us to the heart of this show. What we're going to talk about this week, the missing 411 uh, cases and the UFO connection. Now, if you don't know, uh, this show was really inspired uh, because uh, I believe it's December 16th uh, this year, the next installment of the 411 uh, missing person cases is, is coming out, the next documentary, and it is, you know, 411, the UFO connection. The trailer for that is on YouTube. It looks great. Uh, I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to delve in and hear if there are any uh, new theories or uh, pieces of pieces of evidence uh, as to why they think uh, there might be a UFO connection uh, to these disappearances. 
you'll see in the trailer there are uh, people that said they saw a UFO just, you know, pull a, an elk, you know, right up, uh, you know, into the craft and, you know, take off. Um, theories again about these things being connected to some kind of interdimensional life forms, you know, UFOs, uh, which has been a theory for uh, many years. There are people uh, that believe they are interdimensional. They are not from another planet. They're not little green men or little green, you know, gray men from Mars or, or wherever, but they're actually from another dimension. And it seems that uh, they're covering that particular uh, facet uh, of this subject in the new documentary. So I'm excited uh, to see this and, and see where they go with it. But it's, uh, it's definitely a creepy subject. And I don't know if you've ever been out walking alone at night by yourself, uh, you know, on a country road or a wooded area, uh, no one else around and just happen to think of the missing 411 cases uh, it will definitely send shivers down your spine and uh, cause you to look, you know, up and down and all around, uh, you know, making sure that uh, nothing or no one is there because it's me and my wife joke about a lot and say, hey, got to be careful out there. You don't want to be 411, you know, <laughs> you don't want to you know, go out into the empty parking lot, uh, you know, to to get some groceries. And uh, you never come back in with the bags because something snagged you, you know, right out of the clear blue sky. But uh, you know, I chuckle about it, but it's it's uh, definitely a creepy thing to think about, especially if you're out, you know, when it's when it's getting dark and you're by yourself and there's no one else around, you know, and you kind of start to realize uh, that it's very possible, uh, even very likely, that you're not alone out there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a little, uh, it can be a little unnerving to think, you know, we spend our lives telling our kids, well, monsters aren't real, ghosts aren't real, there's nothing out there that's going to hurt you, there's nothing in the dark that's not there in the daytime, nothing's going to get you, our parents told us that, and in today's more uh, atheistic society, we certainly, you know, hear a lot of parents telling people that oh, there's no such things as ghosts, there's no such things as God, and there's nothing out there. It's all a bunch of hooey. Uh, but then we realize that, you know, holy jeepers creepers, Batman, uh, there is something or some things out there, and uh, yeah, they're not very friendly toward us, and uh, I'm not someone who would want to um, encounter said being. But, you know, what are these things? If there's some kind of interdimensional, uh, invisible predator that can just kind of walk into our uh, place in space and time and grab someone and then disappear through a doorway what are they? Where do they come from? If they're in UFOs, you know, coming out of interdimensional doorways and, you know, grabbing people and grabbing wildlife out of the woods, what are they doing? Where do they come from? 
you know, how can this be? You know, a lot of people will say, well, we don't see anything about this in the Bible or the Quran or in our holy writings. So they say that these things are likely uh, demons or the jinn, you know, these evil uh, dark spirits that are enemies of God, you know, that are coming and, and, and taking people. Uh, and that very well could be, you know, you don't want to discount anything when it comes uh, to this subject. But my big problem with that is that for me anyway, I don't feel that God would just allow some jinn or a demon to randomly come up on an innocent child and grab them and take them away, never to be seen again, or, you know, find the remains on the top of some far away, high, rugged mountain, you know, like one case uh, reported. I just don't feel in a universe where there are certain spiritual laws that all of us must follow, no matter what kind of being we are, that something from the dark side, you know, would be able to uh, come and do something like that to an innocent child. You know, they don't know anything about protecting themselves spiritually or, you know, what some call spiritual warfare. You know, they don't even have a concept of these things, you know, so they're going to be, you know, an open target to some kind of demonic uh, predator or, you know, a djinn. Um, something this doesn't sit right with that personally for me. But if we're going to put the missing 411 cases in the context of why do bad things happen to good people? Why do uh, innocent children at times suffer at the hands or the claws or the tentacles or uh, the actions, you know, of these unknown beings? You know, how, how could this be? I think one of the best ways to tackle that issue and, and, and maybe have some clarity on what's going on at least is to look at this phenomenon from more of the uh, Christian metaphysical perspective because Christian metaphysics tries to be very uh, scientific in its thinking and in its reasoning and when you go back and you read some of the authors you know like Mary Baker Eddy Joseph Murphy Ernest Holmes you know there's you know so many of them what they called the new thought movement uh, there are so many thing, the, things these people talked about just reading the Bible, just coming up with, you know, the metaphysical 
uh, more scientific hypothesis and explanation of what is God in the universe and thought and mind and spirit. Some of the things they came up with, just reading the Bible, just fleshing this out, uh, came up with things that proved to be, you know, now we're seeing are true in the, in the realm of quantum mechanics. I mean, you know, these people were definitely ahead of their time. And, you know, might I add, you know, guided uh, by God, perhaps, to discover some of these things as a spiritual truth to mankind, to, to better maybe define our world, our place in it, and who and what is God, and, you know, all of that uh, type of thing. But sadly, you know, with everything else in our world, um, a lot of mainstream Christianity looks at those people and goes, oh, they were new age. Oh, they were of the devil. Oh, they were heretics. Oh, they were satanic. Oh, that, those metaphysics. Oh, boy, you know, those guys. Oh, shoo. You know, how terrible it was. And uh, sadly, if you you delve into that subject uh, quite deeply and get past all the BS that we have today with the secret and all the watered-down uh, uh, self-glorification and self-satisfaction of manifesting what you want from the cosmic catalog, you know, all that kind of BS. Once you get past all of that and, and into, you know, real uh, Christian metaphysics, there's a lot of things these folks have written about that makes a lot of sense. And like I said, proves out to be uh, truth in what we're discovering now in science and quantum mechanics. And not to mention, um, you know, the amounts of, of actual spiritual healings that actually manifested through uh their form of uh, metaphysical or spiritual healing. You know, tremendous amounts. Mary Baker Eddy, the founder of Christian Science, who, uh, you know, mainstream Christ Christianity crucifies, uh, will admit, you know, how many people she actually cured. And some of them, you know, a lot of them terminal, given up by the doctors. Even Doreen Virtue, the famous uh, former New Age writer, who is now, you know, a, a fundamentalist Christian, and she talks against uh, the New Age. And uh, her parents were Christian scientists. And she will even be on her podcast on YouTube and say, yeah, you know, my mother was a Christian science practitioner and yeah, I seen her heal a lot of people. She got results. She healed people. She helped people. But it's still of the devil, you know. So there's there's a lot of mishmash and misunderstanding there. Uh, a little bit of a tirade for a minute, but uh, <laughs> you know, saying all that to say this, a lot of what they said made sense and is proving to be so. But now, how does this line up with the missing 411 cases? Well, a few ways. 
Number one in Christian metaphysics, they do not believe that God is an anthropomorphic being, meaning that he doesn't look like us. He doesn't look like a man. He is not a man on a throne. He's not a Superman, you know, a Superman in heaven on a throne with a physical crown on his head and a scepter in his hand uh, ruling over the universe. And I feel that they're right. I don't feel that God is uh, a man, a king, you know, a cosmic king. A lot of people don't understand that this idea of God as the cosmic king came about when kings be, uh, began to take on this idea that they were divine. So naturally, the king, you know, the king is God. The king is divine. The king is God's chosen person. So if kings are divine, then God must be a king, the ultimate king who bestows power on the earthly king. So that's really how we came up with a lot of this idea and taking the scriptures and um, really injecting them with a lot of literalism, super literalism, uh, you know, to make God the anthropomorphic king, the Superman on the throne. Metaphysics does not believe this. Metaphysics says God is the divine spirit. He is the divine mind. You know, he is the force that created everything in the universe, the heavens and the earth. That means the earth we're on, us, outer space, far-flung outer space, and any dimensions beyond uh, time and space as we know it that may exist. God is omnipotent, all-powerful. God is omnipresent. He's present everywhere at the same time. He encompasses and permeates his creation. In God, as the Bible says, we live and move and have our being. And it's a very important uh, metaphysical uh, verse of the Bible to contemplate. In God, we live and move and have our being. So that being said, the divine spirit, the divine mind, the divine consciousness, the force, and I'm not making God impersonal by saying that because uh, you kind of get a mixed bag with, with metaphysicians, Christian metaphysicians. Some will say God is absolutely personal and you can talk to him as you would your best friend. You know, God is within you, Christ in you, you know, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It, he's in there. You know, and, and you, you can talk to him. Others will say, you know, God is more impersonal. Uh, I'm one of those people who certainly does believe that God is personal. Uh, my life, my existence has, has certainly proven that uh, to me to be an absolute truth. But anyway, getting back to their is God who created all things, all dimensions, all planets, all things in outer space. And even the angels, you, you, you've heard many times in the past, at least I have so many people say, well, if God is so powerful, why does he need angels? 
because in metaphysics they say, well, angels are God's thoughts being passed to man through insights, revelations, intuitions. Those are the messengers of God that just dawn on us in those moments where we go, oh, I see the answer. But you'll find metaphysicians who will also say uh, angels can be a, a spiritual projection or creation or manifestation of God's love and mercy, his messengers. God is the all-encompassing force, but he sends out his angels to minister to us. And so, you know, all that being said, that there absolutely probably is life on other planets, life in other dimensions. Now, this life, some will probably be just like us, where you're having a mix of good and bad, light and dark. You may have some life forms out there that are closer to the heart and mind of God and live very righteous lives, very pure lives, uh, very uh, non-harmful, <laughs> you know, way of living. And then you may have those that have really strayed from the light and want to conquer and do harm and manipulate any other kind of uh, life form that they come across because they're just rotten. In Christian metaphysics, we would sum it up this way. God created the heavens and the earth. And his spirit is within each and every one of us. And that is the Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And it is the job of every being out there. Because we have free will. God did not take away our free will. When we talk about the fall of man, that's the best way to look at it. Man was once upon a time very close to God. He did something and then there was the fall. He pulled away from God through some choice that he made. And uh, most metaphysicians will say that's when life on planet Earth and the universe um, became more dense. The energy started to slow down its vibratory rate. We're now in this, you know, illusion of reality in this uh, material world that does not reflect the truth and the beauty and the love and the peace of God. And it's up to us to find God within ourselves, connect with it, overcome the physical, as we hear in Christianity and a lot of other religions, overcoming the flesh, the world, and the devil. In metaphysics, that would be uh, the illusions and errors of the fleshly human way of thinking, the world, the world's way of doing things, the world's way of thinking, and the devil, which would be any uh, thought of darkness or error that pulls us deeper into the material world and gets us into fear and arrogance and violence and, you know, all that stuff. 
So looking at man, the fall of man, there's also other beings out there. As I mentioned, some like us, some better than us, some probably worse than us. But we all have free will. We all have that mandate from God to find the light within and get closer to God, overcome the darkness. Kind of like Star Wars, don't give in to the dark side. But there are some beings out there. Now, they're neither angel nor demon nor jinn, but they are different and they're not very nice. They're giving in to, uh, you know, the dark side, if you will, again. In their explorations, they've come across us at some point and they have some devious plan, whatever it is they're trying to do. Uh, or maybe it's just for fun to hurt and murder and take and terrorize. So I couldn't say exactly what it is that's taking people or who it is that's taking people, but I hypothesize that the Christian metaphysical explanation of the universe is more likely in this case. There is life beyond us could be in other planets other dimensions deep under the ocean where we've never gone under the earth as you hear people talk about you know these civilizations under the earth there could be someone or something down there we don't know but i feel there is a lot of different life forms and beings out there and we're all responsible to God. We're all responsible to catch a glimpse of and follow the light and not give in to the, to the base, evil, harmful, tyrannical uh, mindsets uh, that usually uh, the darkness and pride and evil and arrogance uh, take us in. Even in my own angel experience, I once asked, is there a real Satan? Is there, is there a Satan out there? And the answer was interesting, that I was told that the universe is teeming with life. And just what I'm talking about now, you know, that there are beings that live very close to God, those that live very far away from God. You know, in, the, in, in their own self-imposed darkness and evil and those who are much like us, where there's a mix of good and evil. And just like a human being, like you would see a serial killer or some of these crazy people on planet Earth, they go on a killing spree, they get caught and they'll say, well, you know, I'm the devil. I'm Lucifer. And they got the pentagram painted on the palm of their hand. You know, I'm the devil. And it was told to me that there are other beings in the universe who are just that way. They know about our concept of, you know, Satan, the devil. And so that any one of them could come here and do harm to us, and we don't know what it is. And who are you? I'm the devil. I'm Satan. So in that sense, yes, uh, there is an actual being, Satan, but then many other Satans as far as evil people or beings who will act just the same way and claim I am him or something like him.
And is it an, isn't it interesting that people throughout all various different cultures, when they do encounter a being that they can't explain that doesn't have their best interest at heart, will usually tell them that they are this Satan or Mara or whatever the version of the devil is in their culture. So I think there are beings out there that are trying to, you know, pull the wool over our eyes. They're trying to deceive us. They're trying to scare us. They're trying to bully us. They're hurting people for whatever reason. And I think that's what we're looking at. Free will beings, whether another planet, another dimension. And this is their character. This is how they act rather than interacting with us rather than, um, helping one another or trying to understand one another. There's a certain evil and arrogance and pride there. They are but insects for us to torture and hurt and kill and step on. They're nothing to us. We are better than them. They're mere flesh and blood. We're more of something of an energy being or whatever they happen to be that is different and yeah, and in probably many ways superior to our flesh and blood body. So they probably see us as insects to be experimented on or disposed of. You know, I generally call that the, uh, the Hitler mindset, but then there are those spiritual laws in the universe that I talked about earlier. You know, some people encounter what they, say, is an extraterrestrial that's not very nice or, you know, trying to take them or does take them and about to do, you know, horrible things to their body. And they speak the name of Christ to, to these things and they immediately let them go. And I think when you study those kinds of stories in the UFO phenomenon, they are real. They're just not religious rhetoric. There are a lot of people that you know, were taken or about to be taken. And they spoke in the name of Christ to these things and they left, they let them go. It was over. So that goes to show, you know, the authority and the power in that name that we've been given. And that if we understand as the Christian metaphysicians uh, teach, you know, these things are not from God. God is love. God is peace. God is health and healing. You know, God is the only power in the universe. You know, God is all things that are good. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Everything that is evil and outside of God is not from God, but that's why they call it error or an illusion. Because evil is something that we're inventing from our carnal mind, the human mind, the material mind. And so these beings that are harming us, possibly harming other life forms out in the universe, they're inventing the same thing. They're the ones coming up with this evil, this brutality of their own free will. It is not from God. It is an illusion. It is an error. It is a lie. 
And so when you bring the power and the truth of the name of Christ against that lie, that evil, that illusion, that false authority, it must bow its knee, it must depart, it must cease to be. And so I feel that, yes, this can certainly work with what we call, you know, evil spirits, fallen spirits. But if there are other beings out there in the cosmos, in the universe, in alternate dimensions, and they're filled with darkness, they're filled with the lie, and they're coming here and they're taking people and they're hurting people, and we speak the name of Christ to such a being, it's absolutely going to hit them like, you know, a ton of TNT. You know, there's, there's just, it's going to repel them like, you know, the crucifix would in an old vampire movie. It's just, you know, they, they can't stand in the presence of the truth of Christ being spoken, the authority of the name of Christ being spoken to them. So whether demon or other, I feel, hey, it is God who created the entirety of the universe. It is Christ who is the way, the truth, and the life. And so when you speak that power, that truth of Christ, in the name of Christ, the power of Christ, they have no, um, they have no choice but to depart. So I hope uh, this kind of all made sense to you. You know, there was a lot... Uh, that I wanted to jam pack into this uh, roughly half hour uh, podcast. And, uh, you know, I hope I did it justice. Sometimes I feel like I, that I make my point very poorly, but then I go back and listen afterwards and I said, that, that didn't do too bad. That was actually pretty good. But, uh, you know, there, there was a lot to get into this show. And, you know, I, I, I think this is a very, workable theory when it comes to the missing 411 cases. You know, that it's not necessarily the jinn or demons or anything of that nature, but another race of beings who, you know, no more spiritual than we are. They may be different, but they're not an angel. They're not a fallen angel. They're not a demon. They're not a devil. They're not a jinn. They're just something else. And they're choosing to live by the impulses of evil and darkness, the lie. And uh, according to metaphysics, that is what being satanic would be to say, nope, uh, guess what? I don't want to serve God. I don't want to follow the light. I don't want to resonate with the ultimate truth that is God and be God's true child. I want to do my own thing. I want to rob. I want to kill. I want to steal. I want to rape. I want to abduct people. And I think that's, Somehow, some way, in the big universal cosmic picture of things, uh, this is probably what's going on. So what do you think? Do you just think it's 
demons? Do you think it's something else? Do you think this theory of Christian metaphysics helps to explain uh, what's happening, you know, with these missing 411 cases? Uh, let me know. Chime in. Podcast or uh, Email information is always in the podcast description below. Uh, you can leave a comment if you're listening on YouTube. Uh, let me know what you think. I think this is uh, very interesting and very plausible. Angelic Reflection The universe is a very mysterious place, and despite our best efforts, there is much that we don't know or understand. As human beings, we don't like the mystery about anything. We feel more comfortable, more safe, more wise in our own eyes if we think we have all the answers. But sadly, we do not. As finite beings, it is impossible for us to comprehend the infinite concept of God and his creation. And there may be many mysteries out there that we just cannot grasp with our limited range of thinking and understanding. And some of those mysteries may even be a little bit unnerving or frightening. But despite all of that, the angels remind us that we are always under God's love and protection and that no evil ever comes from God or is the will of God. Contrary to popular religious belief, God is always there to prevent and protect us from harm and evil. God is always willing to lead us in the right way or to even part the Red Seas in our lives to bring us to safer shores. But sometimes, through our own decisions and ignorance, unfortunately, that way of escape can be missed. But there's no blame in that. There's no criticizing that because, again, we are finite human beings. And there's so much of the big picture we don't understand or even think about. But we can take time each day to sit down and think and meditate upon the presence of God around us and in us. The Christ presence, the Christ spirit within us. And if God be for us, who or what can be against us? And what does that really mean to each and every one of us when we really think about it? And also, what does it mean when Jesus said that he gave us authority to walk on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means would hurt us? There is more going on in these words than religion has been willing to admit or teach or think about. But that doesn't prevent us from thinking about them. 
and reinforcing in our own minds and our own hearts that God and the angels always walk with us. The Lord is our shepherd. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. He gives his angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways, and they form a mighty hedge of protection round about us. When we take strength and comfort from those thoughts and grow our faith in the love of God and the protection of the angels, chances are we will always overcome evil with good. I'm Paul James Caden. I thank you for listening to this episode of the Angel Scrolls Project. Until next time, stay in love, stay in the light, and walk with the angels. God bless.